is most certainly true. Jesus' love for the world is immense. He left heaven to walk the streets of our world. He willingly walked to the place of his execution because the cross was, for us, the place of life. We walk with Jesus to celebrate his mercy and to recount his wonderful love. Watch and worship and walk with our Savior on his way to the cross for you with this Holy Week sermon recently delivered at Grace. Tonight's first reading is from Exodus chapter 12. The Old Testament Passover taught God's people that salvation is found in the Lamb's blood. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses or strike you down. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshipped. The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night and there was loud wailing in Egypt for there was not a house without someone dead. The word of the Lord. What does this mean? It's a good, solid Lutheran question, isn't it? One of Martin Luther's greatest contributions to the Christian church was his catechism. And this was a tool that he put together for parents to use to teach their children the simple truths of God's word. In it, he took some basic Christian teachings like the Ten Commandments and the Creed and and other doctrines, and he explained what they meant. And each of those explanations were preceded by that common question, what does this mean? Now, that isn't actually a unique question to just Lutherans. The reality is we have this natural inclination to question things, don't we? In fact, children are well known for questioning anything and everything, and sometimes incessantly. Why is the sky blue? Why are you so angry? What is this? What is that? Why do I have to? And I'm sure you're thinking of about a hundred, if not a thousand different questions that you have heard children ask before. 
But the truth is, is it's not just a child thing, this questioning. It's something that you and I do on a regular basis when we're trying to understand something. And it's especially true when it comes to trying to understand spiritual truths that are set before us. It was no different at the time of the account that we have before us from the book of Exodus. Moses was sharing some special instructions that the Lord had given him to give to the people of Israel. And in the middle of it, he said these words. When your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, and he continued on. What does this mean? It was an important question and answer that the people of Israel needed, and it's just as important a question for us to ask so we can have the answer as to what does this all mean. God's special and chosen people of Israel had lived in the land of Egypt for 430 years. And the last part of that had been underneath the slave, as slaves to the people of Egypt, and they were treated so cruelly. But now the time had come for God to set them free. And as that time came, there were nine devastating plagues that came upon both the land and the people of, of Egypt. And yet Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, was so stubborn that he still would not let the people go. And so God came to Moses, the one he had chosen to be the leader over the people of Israel, and said he was going to send one final, a tenth plague upon Egypt. God was going to come through the whole land of Egypt and kill every firstborn son, from the greatest to the least. But the people of Israel would be spared from this devastation in a very unique way. God told the people that each family, each house, was to go out and to take a one-year-old male lamb that had no defects and no blemishes, and they were to slaughter that lamb, and then make a quick meal out of it, roasting the lamb over the fire and eating it with bitter herbs and bread that didn't have yeast in it. And with the blood of that lamb, they were to paint their door frames, both the tops and the sides, with that blood. And then that evening, they were all to stay inside their homes. No one was to go out in the streets. And here's why. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. And so when the Lord passed through Egypt that night, Pharaoh's firstborn son was struck down dead. And all of the firstborn sons of Egypt, from the highest, the highest ranking leaders and all the way down to the, the jailer or the prisoners in jail to the janitor down the street, their firstborn sons were all killed. And there was great mourning and wailing and sorrow throughout the land. But the people of Israel were spared from that devastation. The blood of a lamb saved the people from death. And God in his rich grace and mercy not just spared them from death that day, 
but he set them free from slavery. On that day, the people of Israel left Egypt and started on their journey to the land that God had promised to them. The Lord wanted them to remember always this day and this powerful event in which he showed his faithful love and kindness to them. And so he gave them this command. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you, as he promised, observe this ceremony. So the Passover was to be this high festival that the people were to celebrate every year, kind of like Easter or Christmas is for us today. And each year they were to celebrate and commemorate that day with the same meal that they had that first night. They were still to take that one-year-old male lamb without any blemishes and roast it over the fire and eat it with the bitter herbs and the unleavened bread as they told the story from Exodus. They did this so that they would never forget just how faithful and powerful and loving and relational God was and still is. They did this every year so that they could pass on that same knowledge to the next generations of who God is and his continued love and care. Just imagine being a small child at one of these Passover meals. And your head is just spinning and going into hyperdrive as as you are looking at all these unique things that are taking place and the questions just start pouring out. What's with all the special care for this lamb? And why is the bread so flat? And do I really have to eat all of these bitter-tasting herbs? And who's Pharaoh? Where's Egypt? Why do we do this every year? What does this mean? When your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Those simple words were God's answer to the question, what does this mean? And it served as the foundation for having a further conversation about God's love and his promises. That blood of a lamb over their doorposts spared them from death that day, but it was only a foreshadowing of the greatest promise that God was going to send the great sacrifice of a lamb that, whose blood would pay for their sins forever and the sins of all the world. So the reason that we spent some time this evening on this account, on a day like today, is because it sets the foundation for the special gift that Jesus instituted that night in the upper room with his disciples as he was celebrating the Passover meal with them. That same gift that you and I enjoy and celebrate this evening. And it is that account that helps us to best understand and appreciate and have the answer to this great question. What does this, what does all of this really mean? And so now let's go to that upper room with Jesus. Where there he celebrated the Passover meal with his disciples. And what happened next is described for us in this way in the Gospel of Mark. While they were eating... Jesus took bread, 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. What does this mean? Let's start here. Much like the people of Israel, you and I are all enslaved to a cruel master. And this is a master that is far more cruel than a stubborn pharaoh or an oppressive government. We are enslaved to Satan and eternal death. And it is your sin that enslaves you and keeps you under those masters. It is your resentful and angry and lustful and arrogant and selfish thoughts and desires. And it is the guilt that you have over the wrong thing that you did at work and the way that you feel bad about what you said to your spouse and the way that you misuse and abuse your body and the lack of care that you showed to your neighbor and the daily amount of times that you fail God and ignore his will. It's the fear that you have that you're not good enough, that you've failed, that you're afraid of God and his wrath and anger and that God shouldn't love you. And it's that sin that keeps you enslaved under those masters of Satan and hell. It's those things that keep us far off from the promised land. Yet much like the people of Israel, God does not forget about you or overlook you even when you are in the deepest moments of weakness and darkness. You see, God saw you in eternity. He saw you. And he saw and he knew that you would be trapped in your sin and that you would be enslaved to Satan and death. And so he put a plan into place. Another lamb, perfect, unblemished, without defect, would be sacrificed. But this time, not a lamb that would come from among sheep or goats, but a lamb that would come from among mankind. And that lamb was the one that John the Baptist pointed to when he proclaimed to the crowd around him, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the one he pointed to was Jesus Jesus Christ is your Passover lamb who was slain. And his blood doesn't cover door frames and doorposts, but instead, through faith, covers your heart, washing away all of your sins. Jesus' sacrifice paid for your sins so that you can be set free. And in Jesus, you are completely and fully forgiven. And God sets you free from slavery to Satan and death. And he gives to all who believe the sure hope of eternal life with God in the promised land of heaven in all of his glories. The blood of the Lamb has saved you from death. And so when Jesus took that bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples. 
And then he took the cup, passed it around for them to drink, and he said to them, take and eat, take and drink. This is my body. This is my blood. Jesus was giving a special opportunity to his disciples and to you and me as his disciples still today. This special opportunity to be intimately connected with his sacrifice of his life and death. The very sacrifice that paid the price for all of your sins and that is the simple truth. And in this eating and drinking, God sends His Holy Spirit to dwell in your hearts, to build up and strengthen that faith in that truth. That is what this means. And when we partake of this meal, when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we still proclaim who God is as a faithful, powerful, loving God that we have a relationship with. We proclaim that Christ died and rose again. We proclaim that we are forgiven. We proclaim that we are united in faith with Christ and with one another as brothers and sisters in faith. We proclaim that we are set free. That is what this means. Earlier this week, I saw a picture of a doorframe that was painted with blood. And it was accompanied with these words. The Lord did not check inside the house to see who was worthy. The Lord checked to see if there was blood on the doorposts. Listen again to that. The Lord did not check inside the house to see who was worthy. The Lord checked to see if there was blood on the doorposts. You see, God did not determine who was going to be saved that night in Egypt based on who was the most worthy. But it was based on who trusted his promise and covered their doors in the blood of a lamb. And the same is true for you still today. God does not pick who is going to be with him in heaven in the promised land based on who is the best and who is the most worthiest among us because if that were the case, we wouldn't stand a chance. But eternal death passes over those who trust in the promise of God and through faith in Jesus have hearts that are covered in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. So what does this mean? It means that you are fully, completely and freely forgiven and that life and salvation is yours. The Passover lamb in Jesus Christ has been slain. The price has been paid and you are set free. And so come to this table often to be strengthened in that faith, to be assured that you are indeed forgiven. Christ has died and risen again. And in that that joining together, let us proclaim Christ's death until he comes again. This is what that means. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace, to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, and to find our schedule of special worship services, 
please visit www.gracedowntown.org today. And we'd love to have you join us for worship sometime soon. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.